Hey everybody, happy Thursday. Welcome back to the podcast daily. Uh, normally, on a day like this, we would, you know, Bill Landis, and Jeremy Birmingham, myself, we would reach out to somebody uh, who covers the other team. Just get a little insight on the opponent for Ohio State ahead of a huge matchup uh, on Saturdays in a horseshoe. But guess what? It's Rutgers, and they're 41-point underdogs for this game on Saturday afternoon, so we're not going to do that. We're going to save you the time, and we're going to talk about the team that actually matters, which is Ohio State. I didn't realize I moved the 41. Yeah, it went up. Okay. All There's right. not a lot of faith. They heard Greg Schiano say that he wasn't coming here to keep the game close. He was coming here to win. And they're like, you know what? I think Ryan Day heard that. That number's going up. I have a feeling that one of those two things he said is correct. <laughs> he is not coming here to keep the game close. I do not think he's coming here. Uh, I mean, that's let's. You know what? This is a good opportunity, I think, on this show. You sort of went down this road with Ryan Day on Tuesday. You tried to ask him, what are some things that people say <laughs> that in the coaching profession where you're like, no, that's stupid. Yeah. That's not real. This is one of them. This is one of those things. But we hear so much about bulletin board material, right? What else is a coach supposed to say? Like, if you were Greg Schiano, Bill, pretend. Mm -hmm. Okay? There's no bicyclists around. We're <laughs> safe. If you were Greg Schiano. <laughs> How would you handle well, Greg that Well, Greg was safe. He was in the vehicle. How would you? The yeah, he is now Greg Schiano, so Yeah, so he's safe. safe. Okay, great. What would I say? Yeah, like, what's the best way to approach a, a situation where you know you're not going to win the game, barring some crazy things happening, right? You know you're not going to win. Yeah. How should a coach handle that? Publicly, probably the way that he did. I don't know. Like, what's he supposed to say? We're going to get our butts kicked on Saturday? Like, of course he's not going to say that. Like, privately, I don't know. I'd probably come up with my big old bag of trick plays and know that I'm going to get my butt kicked and get down by 42 and then see how many reverses I can run to make it 42 to 7 instead of 42 to nothing. I think there's a savvier way to accomplish something in a media setting than what Greg Schiano chose. And he was never all that skilled at that during his time in this building right over here, um, whether he was hitting people on bikes on the way in or not, I don't, it didn't impact. I mean, that only happened once Well, that we know of. But he had to go answer for that afterwards. He had a number of times that he was here, like, and he would be asked about Tampa Bay and, you know, other things that happened throughout his coaching career, or this wasn't the moment to talk about Tennessee. Like, I don't, I don't consider Greg Schiano to be the most skilled communicator. But he chose a very aggressive approach with his response. When I think you could say people kind of dragged Steve Sarkeesian for what he said before the Alabama game, but I thought it was a much more, I don't know, realistic take. Like, Are you saying he shouldn't have said that because he's cruising for a bruising now? Is that, <laughs> is that what you're getting at? I, I don't, like, he put himself in the crosshairs. Like, Yeah, I guess you don't want to do that. Because he could have easily said, I have a lot of respect for Ohio State. I coached there for a number of years. I, had a, I enjoyed my time helping mentor Ryan Day in the 2018 season. I have fond memories of my time there, and that's, a, that's the kind of program that we aspire We're to. We're looking forward to the challenge. Aspire to build at Rutgers, which is why we plaster all their sayings all over the wall, <laughs> and, and we, we copy their urine chart and hang in a, in, inside the bathroom. You're a bad guy. And we, <laughs> I hope they update it with their own... Results. I, <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm cool with copying the concept. Yeah, but like, I hope you're updating it with your own sample. People, sample. Like people, like 
gave Tom Herman a hard time for that. And Chris Ash did the exact same thing. And not a lot had changed the last time we visited, visited Piscataway. Anyway, my point is, you just say, we know that there's a huge challenge. And we're going to do the best we can to measure ourselves against Ohio State. And you don't have to say anything else about going to win, going to shock the world, going to do any of that. You can save that from behind closed doors. Like, there's just a better way about it. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's, I'm just thinking of, like bulletin board material and how oftentimes, especially in a sport like football, like you kind of have to be uber confident. Otherwise you may as well not be there. So I, I don't think it's a big deal to say we're going there to win. He didn't say we're going there and we're going to win. <laughs> he said, we're getting on the bus. We're going to try. We're going to try our best. <laughs> and so I don't personally see that as an issue. What I see as an issue is Ohio State potentially feeling the same way about Rutgers that we do. Mm. And that, I guess, is the question as we get into the final two days of prep for the game. Anything that we've seen this week that would indicate that Ohio State's players are not entering this game with a frame of competitive excellence and competitive standards and, and you know, stamina in mind. Anything that you've seen that you're like, hey, I don't know, I don't know, I don't like that at all. I don't know if, that I, if, if I've seen something this week, but I, I think we have seen that this season after the Notre Dame game and, and Wisconsin is not quite the same thing, but, but I think it's similar. Like in hindsight, it seems silly to say that that was a similar caliber game, but I think going into it, Ohio state probably felt that was in some ways a benchmark game for as much as they talked about toughness. I think it meant something to them to kind of dog walk a team like Wisconsin, the way that they did. I think that was a verb. Yeah, right, it's, dog walk. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite yeah, Bill Landisisms. <laughs> Um, but when they did, when they beat Notre, when they beat Notre Dame, they came out flat the next week, um, in an afternoon game and there wasn't much juice in the stadium. I think that's on the table here, but I also think that's been on the table in the past against Rutgers and they've still won like 50 to nothing. So I don't know. This is a better Rutgers program though. Like they're much better than they were when they used to come here and just get destroyed under Chris Ash. <laughs> yeah. I think there are, so if we're going to just play like inside baseball with, media and press conference things of I that. I think that's the best way to handle today's this week, the podcast. Yeah, to daily. do that. Like the way that Ohio State talks about its opponent and the way that it's practicing with the, you know, the dial cranked up to 11 and hurting itself, really, if we're mm -hmm. being honest, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays tells you that they mean it when they say that the opponent doesn't matter. And that that is a coaching cliche that Ryan Day does use. And I think he does believe that you have to do that because we've seen complacency in certain outings for Ohio State in the past, including against teams that are capable of beating them on a given night, such as Iowa or Purdue. So Rutgers is not in that same class. Like, you don't usually see these kinds of stunners happen from the teams that are actually at the bottom of the Big Ten. The Buckeyes tend to take care of that business and realize that they can be done with their afternoon in the middle of the second quarter and be done and, and take care of their bodies and let their teammates get opportunities to go play i think they the way that they're treating these chances is um the best way that they can and it's been impressive now you still have to go out and actually do that but when they say that they are measuring themselves on tuesday and wednesday and then even on saturday against their own potential i think that they have so far meant that i think that we see a team that understands measuring itself against the rest of the big 10 generally speaking. Now, we can talk a little different as Penn State rolls around and Michigan rolls around. But right now, you don't see Alabama or Georgia comparing themselves to Vanderbilt, right? Vanderbilt does not matter to anything they do. They are not 
they're, I can't believe they're in the same conference. <laughs> Quite literally. Well, the same is true for this week. Right, right? exactly. I mean, so you can't, you can't, and I know it sounds crazy to people. America, I know. I know you want the Buckeyes to take every game super seriously. But if the Buckeyes just go out and handle business, they're going to win this game by a lot of points. And it doesn't matter who they're playing against. And so you can't look at it and say, oh, well, they got to pay attention to Rutgers because, like, they don't have to pay attention to Rutgers. They have to pay attention to themselves. And that's why on this very impromptu edition of the Podcast Daily, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Oh, boy. We assume, we all assume, oh. Friday will be bold prediction show. We'll have our score predictions there. We don't need to get into that. You assume Ohio State will win this game by a, a wide margin, correct? Correct. You assume that as well. I- I know that they will. I also do. So here's the case. Let's removing the the thought of a potential loss. Okay. What is the best case scenario and the worst case scenario for Ohio State on Saturday, Bill? I don't really. I feel like I shouldn't. Like well, I don't want to talk about like you're going potential- to speak an injury into existence. <laughs> yeah, is what, what that's what I don't want to do. Because <laughs> listen, why did you do but that? That is the worst case scenario, right? I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like you go into these games, you have to have a different mindset, right? Like yeah. for us, we have to think about it from a different way. What makes this game a success? Uh, because we know we feel. I think to keep building on the things that they've done well the last few weeks, like on offense, I think it's running the football the way they ran it the last two weeks. You want to see that continue against a Rutgers defense that's like not terrible. I think Greg Schiano has actually made them fairly solid on, on that side of the ball. Um, well, they're a top ten defense in the country right now, according they to they are. Defense. Yeah, and they've, they've given up under five yards of play in every game except for last week against Iowa. And Iowa, Iowa getting five yards of play is like Ohio State getting 17 yards per play. Um, so maybe that's not the most ringing endorsement of their defense. But I think they're okay. It won't be the worst defense Ohio State's played all year. So I think you want to see that. I want, you want to see maybe, I don't know, the defense get home against the quarterback a little more than it has through the first four games of this season. Like that kind of stuff. I don't like The score almost doesn't really matter to me. You just want to see them kind of keep building on top of the things they've done well. I think we know what the worst case scenario is without actually saying it out loud. And sure, putting, but let's remove that from the thought as well. Like, I'm, I mean, if the way that they play, what's the worst thing that you think could happen? Worst? Did I say worst or worst? <laughs> what is the worst thing that, aside from someone getting very hurt, what is the worst thing in the game that you think could be a, a potential stumbling block for Ohio State moving forward? It's hard for me, like. I just don't take Rutgers seriously as an opponent for Ohio State. Like, C.J. Stroud could overthrow five or six more passes again, and like that was an issue last week. And when he wasn't at his most effective a year ago, that was the same sort of mistake uh, or, or weakness in his game that he had. And we had the same conversations with Justin Fields before that. Like, we're nitpicking guys that are the very best at doing this, and it's a lot better to miss high probably than to be skipping balls around. I think that's it's. Part of, the, part of the confidence that he has in his arm that he tries that stuff and he can put it in places where he thinks only his guy can get it. And sometimes that's out of their reach and opens up guys to injury. So um, Cade Stover survived that. Marvin Harrison survived that. Uh, it's not some sort of fatal issue for Ohio State moving forward. But like if they turned it over several times, but I think they would bounce back the following week because C.J. Stroud and those receivers are so good. I just don't. I'm sorry, America. I just don't <laughs> think that these two teams should be playing every year. What if, like, uh, something we talked about a couple times this week, like if Gavin Wimsat plays and it looks like it looked against Daquan Finn and it's like, oh, they didn't get that fixed. Like, I think that would be a bit problematic. Yeah. Even if even if it doesn't matter all that much in the outcome of the game, you want to see them get better at that. To me, that's one of those two things that I'm like, I, 
and I mentioned this on, on Wednesday or Tuesday. What day? Where are we? Uh, I mentioned it earlier. We're, we're at the Woody Hayes. I mentioned it earlier it's Thursday this morning. Week. I'm not sure what day I mentioned it upon, but forgive me. I've recorded 700 videos this week. Um, if you don't find a way to stop the running quarterback, that's a concern because you're going to play them. And it's not even just like someone's going to be a Braxton Miller type. J.J. McCarthy, and I've read the comments, folks. You guys don't think J.J. McCarthy's a good athlete, but he really is. And, and he's more athletic than Daquan Finn. Whoa. He is. Now. He is. No, I'm saying, no, I'm he's, saying not. he's not as fast. He's, <laughs> he's more. Not. He's not as fast. He is, he is a player who is extremely elusive. I'll give him that. And when you... If you look beyond that, you're going to have to play Bryce Young. And, and thought, he's oh. another player that is very elusive. A guy that can just move, move around in the pocket. You have to make sure that you have that fixed. Okay, Maybe he's not as fast as Daquan Finn. Maybe he's he doesn't not. have the shake Daquan Finn does. 0 for 2. But okay, he, he, so he's not as he's athletic, not as, athletic as, Daquan, as Daquan Finn. But he's way more athletic. <laughs> no, but here's the situation. Sometimes I say things I don't know. I don't think it through all the way to the end of the sentence. But you guys knew what I was getting at. Yeah. On the other you wanted side, to you wanted to argue with America, and we're here to defend America's just, honor. I've I've just read a number of comments from people saying that he's not athletic, and he is. He he's is just, a, he is athletic. He's yes. a, he is very athletic. Like, he's just not a good quarterback. Wow! Oh, I don't know oh boy, I, I disagree with that. We we have a lot of season ahead of us to get into that. But on the other side of the ball, my biggest concern is that Ohio State's offensive linemen get extremely up for Notre Dame and Wisconsin, and maybe they don't get as up and as competitively juiced for a game like this one. And so I want to see them in the first quarter. And here's the, I don't want to see the Ohio State starting five offensive linemen in the game after the end of the first quarter. Hmm. Well, so that, that, go out, they, dominate. They definitely will they be. They will be because Ryan Day doesn't pull starters in the first Go game. out, dominate, get up 35 nothing at the end of the first quarter, and yank them all. Like, yeah. that's how Saturday should go. They, I don't I, – I guess there's an interesting argument to be had there that – Ohio State doesn't have enough game-ready offensive linemen to play three quarters with them. Out That's there. why you got to get them game. I ready understand that by part, but in a game, but <laughs> it doesn't do the rest of the team any favors. Like I would like to see Kyle McCord play behind the first-team offensive line. Okay, I I revised my statement. Get C.J. Stroud out of there with the first-team offensive okay. lineman and get the first-team offensive lineman out of the game at a halftime. Can I, we agree? I accept. Uh, yeah, I accept your proposal. Rubber stamp it. Deal. I just think that they, these guys can be a dominant group. We saw them against Wisconsin be the best they've been all year from start to finish. Yeah. Follow up with a bigger performance this week. That's that's my yeah. concern, I guess. Now, what else do you guys have? Any other issues? Well, you didn't say what your best case is. Oh, I guess you did. Yeah. Yeah, that's you, it. You got there. It was all jammed into one. Yeah. I love I th- it. I think it's, it's like uh, a hot pocket. <laughs> I think it's a try stuff kind of game. Like I think maybe Ryan Day would want to – get some more of the bigger personnel stuff just on tape for people to worry about, um, kind of like they did against Toledo. Um, so that can be fun. Like, what else is in that Mitch Rossi fullback package? Um, what else can you do with G. Scott? Like, for, for all the talk of G. Scott being a hybrid tight end and the problems that, that creates for people, they've really only used him as a blocker to this point or like a decoy on jet sweeps. I'd like to see him get the ball in the sand, give people something else to think the about. The tight end jet sweep, of course. The tight end. Well, listen, it, Brock Bowers is scoring like 70-yard touchdowns <laughs> on tight end jet sweeps, so I'm, it can happen. I mean, I, I wasn't being, <laughs> I, I was I mean, being sarcastic. Cade Stover should be doing that, not not G. Scott. That's that's different. That's like, like the Let plow sweep. It. The Let plow sweep. That's like the tracker How about sweep. this? How about this? Cade comes in motion. He pitched, no, no, G comes in motion, he pitched the ball to G, and then G hands it off to Cade. Okay. And then Cade runs around the other end. That's definitely trying double tight, something. Double tight end reverse. That's definitely trying something. I think that there's maybe a part of this too, Bill, where 
teams know G's reputation and are on alert when he's out there. Like, yeah, I don't. I think Ohio State has tried a couple times to get him involved, and especially when that was the Kyle McCord to Jaden Boward throw. Like, Toledo was like, no, you can't have that. But we're just going to give up a seventy-yard touchdown to the fastest, to the fastest guy on the team, on the team. <laughs> instead. Um, I think there is now that I've had a couple more minutes to think about it. If you're talking about worst case scenarios and Greg Schiano's comments about trying to come in and get a win. We've seen him do a lot of crazy stuff and dig into the bag of tricks to try and make it competitive and interesting. That's fake, fake punts. That's throwback. Uh, guys laying in the end zone, kickoff returns. Like, If Ohio State falls asleep for a second, they could give up one or two big plays or even one or two touchdowns off of these gimmick gadget stuff. Like, You have to be aware for that because like, Greg Schiano, the way he coaches these games, knows that he has the vastly inferior opponent. And he, that's why he tries as much stuff as he, as he does. He, does, he didn't do that against Boston College, but he will this week. So if you're not prepared for that from Greg Schiano and Rutgers, that can make it more interesting than it probably needs to be. And then that will leave C.J. Stroud in the game longer than he should be. And mm-hmm. also, you don't want that happening if you're uh, betting on the Buckeyes to cover the big number. Because Rutgers got into the 30s last time they played here, didn't they? Uh, 28. 40, 40, 49-28, but yeah. it was 35 nothing. Right. And then Ohio State was like, okay, we'll stop. And yeah. then Greg Schiano didn't. And that, that's why, like we talked about it on Monday's show at Roosters, I know Ryan Day has a lot of respect for Greg Schiano. If the Buckeyes are up 35 nothing and Schiano's doing this stuff, Ryan Day's going to put a number on him if he – be careful what you ask for, I guess, is, the question, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that that's what Ohio State wants. I think they'd like to get out of there with a nice casual 45-7 to 7 type W and, and move on and prepare for Michigan State. But you're going to see a team that is going to respond to what Rutgers does. Back in high school, back in the glory days, we played – I played high school. Pull up ba- a chair, America. I played high school baseball uh, and uh, more, more than football. Was that before or after you lived in Phoenix? Before it was he was in Phoenix, yeah, he did. So we we played a, a loves that we played a, a program in Toledo that wasn't very good. And before the game, like their coach came up to us and was like, "Hey, also the park that they played in was not very safe." He's like, "Guys, be careful! Don't slide. There's glass over by second base. Don't do this." Blah blah blah. We got up like eighteen to nothing in the first inning, and the guy came up to us like, "We're just gonna call it," <laughs> and then that was the end of the game. So like, I think if we can just have a healthy respect between Greg Schiano and Ryan Day, where Schiano says, hey, we, we get it, we're, we're gonna, but I don't think he'll do that because it's not good for your team. So I want to see both teams go out and play and, and let it all out. Was that your senior year? Yes. What happened at the end? We're not talking about that, though. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's another episode of the podcast where if you guys really want to get into the biggest choke job in Ohio sports prep history, we could talk about that another time. But... Damn, it's cold. <laughs> Man. Ooh, stings a little. Um, you what brought up? it upon yourself. Just like Greg Schiano, <laughs> when he opened his mouth, you opened yours, and Bill said, guess what? You're going to pay. Forget about it. Man, what else do we got? Uh, that's it. I think that's it. I, that's the Thursday episode of the you podcast. Know, Thursday, again, we really do want to talk to opponent um, journalists to get some feedback on the other team, but what is there? to talk about Rutgers other than than this. So that's the end of the show. Uh, Ryan Day lightning round will be live. Good on thing our- they brought that media market into the league. <laughs> Ryan Day lightning round will be live on the podcast YouTube channel about 1 o'clock or 12.50 or so. 12.50, I would be there. 12.50 or so. Uh, you can check that out there. We also have a very special interview coming up on the podcast YouTube channel on Thursday with the head coach of the Ohio State men's basketball team, Chris Holtman. 
check that out. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning for BP's Bold Predicts. Bye.